Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one, except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's the podcast with the fancy YouTuber, the pharmacist, and the graphic designer. It's guys of a certain age, Robbie Koblenz, in the fancy YouTube studio alongside Art Shirley and Jay Reed. Jay, the pharmacist, reads. That oh, means so we're audio YouTube because I don't want people to search for us and not find us. You on, know, somebody told YouTube. me we should actually we should actually put our uh, our our podcast on youtube and just put our, our logo up because a lot of folks listen to podcast through youtube through yeah. youtube you I, just the logo without us without videoing us we'll make the logo without you, you have yeah, yeah without you jay <laughs> we'll it'll just be maybe i'll do a wide version of like a you know, <laughs> we're already the wide version yeah. i had to start showering <laughs> wow okay yeah. Speaking of the podcast, we had a departmental meeting, and uh, one of the things was a scavenger hunt, and you had to find people that had certain qualifications. And uh, one of them was, this person has a podcast. And I was the only one. <laughs> wow. So, Were you really? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. funny. So Don't I said, okay, at me? I'll, sign, I'll sign your sheet, but uh, I'm going to send out a... Uh, uh, a link to our podcast and I expect to have, you know, 30 or 40 more listeners. There you go. Yeah. Did you do that? I haven't done that yet. I actually completely <laughs> forgot about it until I just mentioned. I'm actually recording this even now. I as feel like you're speak. taking my temperature <laughs> with, with the, you know, the head scan. Robbie Let's has be clear. a brand new Osmo, Let's be clear. what's Which the number? Rectal thermometer. <laughs> Osmo rectal thermometer. Thank goodness no YouTube. The choice of all fancy YouTubers. <laughs> Yeah, this is the Osmo Pocket they Three. Put the U. I mean, they put the tube in the U. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Sorry, Mama. It's been a, <laughs> and everybody else listening too. Yeah. It's been a while since we've all been together. It has been. I mean, maybe maybe that's for the best. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's gotten bad. It's gotten bad. So all right. So it's certainly a different vibe. Jay and I kind of have an FM radio type. So yeah. So uh, what were you listening to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. NPR. <laughs> yeah. A little, NPR. Yeah. A little NPR. New Hampshire Public mm-hmm. Radio. Here's so. some selected readings from a book I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my new LibriVox uh, recording coming out soon. Your new what? LibriVox. It's like uh, I don't want to know. I, it I, actually sounds worse than it is. Yeah. It does. Thought you said LibriVox there for a minute, or listen to my new LibriVox. Liver talks. Yeah, liver detox. So, of course, the right you're going with all your. Never mind. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump into some geeks of the week. Uh, who wants to go first for this? Fall I'll go first. cold okay, episode. Well, you go first. Art. Okay. I think you should go first, Art. Okay. I hope nobody else has this. I'm sure I don't. Mine is the new Beatles song. Shoot. Which is, <laughs> which is the last Beatles song that uh, we think, that we will, think will ever happen. But yeah. who knows? They may discover something else in the shoebox somewhere. Uh, and it's, it, uh, it was released yesterday as we record. So that was what? The second? The first? The, the second. second. Thank you. I can't. Oh. My. Eleven date is covered up by the <laughs> hour hand, but uh, have an Apple Watch, but it doesn't tell me what day. Uh, okay, really, mine does. You can change the. I face, don't have probably. one. I'm talking about him. Oh, okay. He looked at his Apple Watch, and there was. Okay. Is that what he did? So anyway, the song is called "Now and Then," and it just came out uh, yesterday. It was now, from, then, and yesterday. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a demo uh, tape of John Lennon's that they he recorded in 1977, and they found uh, when they were doing the anthology. Uh, disc and the um, 
and the TV show that accompanied that back in 94 or some sometime around 94, they recorded, they recorded and released two other songs, Real Love and um, Free as a Bird. I remember Free as a Bird. Yeah, by using his demo and then recording new tracks onto it. But those demos were cleaner. They could, they could pull his voice from those. Those were actually better demos. They had this tape. They messed around with it for a while, but ultimately they just could not separate the uh, the vocal from the piano well enough to to use it. The piano was not you know usable, so uh, they just kind of you know left it alone for a while. You know, twenty something years later, unfortunately, George Harrison's passed away now as, as well. But uh, they they take this back up, and through their working with Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame. Uh, who did the Get Back documentary for Disney, Mm -hmm. Um, he had developed uh, new software or improved existing software that used AI machine learning to examine tracks and be able to separate all the tracks out of a recording. You can do that to a degree, but he he could do it that what he got was a pristine track. So they were able to use that to pull John Lennon's vocal off of the piano and had a, a clean vocal Paul McCartney went in, recorded a bass part, added lyrics to it, wrote and added lyrics to it, sang lyrics, you know, sang uh, accompaniment, and then also sang some lyrics. Uh, Ringo Starr um, recorded a a drum track for it. Um, Paul McCartney worked with Giles Martin, son of George Martin, the legendary producer for the Beatles. Uh, They wrote a string accompaniment for it and had that recorded. They pulled, George Harrison had recorded some guitar work for it, back in the in 94 95 uh but uh they took some they took a solo they created a solo that sounded george harrison-esque george harrison's owned the track all four beatles are on the track but the solo that you hear is actually somebody playing in the style of george harrison and apparently they pulled some other things from other recordings you know to kind of you know kind of in background noises or whatever so it's considered a beatles track because they're all four playing all the on it um and it was released yesterday and the, you know it's a, the track's a decent track it's not you know i don't think it's going to be anybody's favorite track there there's a reason it's an unreleased there's demo. a reason it's an unreleased demo exactly yeah and um but i mean the technology is cool and the idea that uh you know they went back and that's what uh paul was saying there was a there's a special on there's like 11 minute sorry time length but the little thing on it on on max disney Oh, Disney. I'm sorry. Yeah, Disney. Yeah, I saw which this, makes but I didn't realize because it it's was. Get Back. Yeah. It's like 11 minutes long, yeah. and it's uh, just kind of a little behind the scenes. They don't play the track itself, which oh, really? is kind of a strange thing, well, I Well, they came out, I think the documentary I saw a few nights ago, so if they just released the track yesterday. Okay, so maybe they'll do a version that that adds it to it. But they, they explained this this history of it. Yeah, that's on Disney, which is also where Get Back. You can right, find right. Get Back. Um, cool. But, uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's... Um, uh, like I said, you know, done with the blessings of, of all the family of uh, George and John who are no longer with us. Um, and, uh, you know, it, they're calling it the last Beatles track because they do think it's probably the last one they've got that, that might be there. Uh, might, there might be a demo of. But, um, again, the, the technique, the, the process, it's the, the, when it first came out, people were thinking, oh, this is an AI-generated Beatles song, which we are seeing some of those. But it's not. It's just using uh, AI-assisted uh, machine learning assisted uh technology to actually isolate what's in that track wow it's pretty fascinating Mm -hmm. so what we can do the overall reason for this is we can go back to all our recordings take jay completely out (laughs) (laughs) well i mean 
He doesn't say a now whole lot. Now then, but not again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long would it take? Yeah. Then you lose our listener. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Reed. Sorry, I, Mrs. Reed. We don't want to take Jay out at all. No, we don't. We're or lunch or anything. <laughs> we're, we're better together. Yeah, so. that's right. So did you like, as a, you're our resident Beatle fan, did you like the track? I thought the track, like I said, I thought the track was okay. Yeah. It was, you know, I, it sounds more like, it actually sounds like Julian Lennon more so than John yeah. Lennon, which I thought Julian Lennon was fun. Was, you know, in fact, he has some very good songs. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as much to me as a Beatles song as uh, free as a bird and real love did those those to me felt a little bit more like it and you know john's seven years removed from the beatles and and it's it's something that he's working on yeah so it didn't really have that that kind of feeling to it you know it's not something that i'm gonna like you know be on my top 10 list of beatles songs i saw a comment that uh, the least that paul mccartney could have done is not get his graphic designer off fiverr oh my gosh for the the gra- that's I, I, did, was, I started to mention that and i forgot about it yeah my gosh the cover art is terrible it's horrible it's terrible and you know they could have easily pulled some existing you know artwork you know a photograph that's that's not been used for an album and, cover and done something but it is awful and no no disrespect for any freelancers on fiverr because you can get oh some you can get some amazing you can, you can get some fantastic work which yeah. makes yeah. it even you know more yeah, we, you know yeah and i'm sure there were probably a bunch of folks that would have done it for free and would have done a fantastic job yeah uh it's re- been released as a as a vinyl single and the back of it is a remixed version of love me do there you go double a side is what it's called double, double a, a. As opposed okay. to triple A. That's right. Which yeah. would be very Which is much looking. harder to do. On a, <laughs> That's yeah. right. Looks straight spinning on the record. There you go. Well, Jay, what you got? I have the ultimate crossover. Yep. That's what I have. Um, some <laughs> and somebody busted. <laughs> no, just a, a little backstory about me. Uh, <laughs> since you want to, since you're going to delete me anyway. Uh, this is, this explains why it interests me and why it should interest you. Um, when I lived in North Carolina, I moved there. I was about 10 years. And when I moved up there, I knew very little about NASCAR. But oh, when yeah. you move to North Carolina, you have to declare. You know, it's Ford or Chevy, you know, Gordon or Earnhardt. There's all kinds of things you have to decide when you go to North Carolina. And so being in the area where I was, I was able to actually meet some drivers. I had a, 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 a co-worker. Actually, one of my bosses was a cousin of Robert Yates. And so I got to go to Robert Yates' uh, race shop and – uh, visit some of the other uh, see a this driver. Is, Robert this Yates is, is, this owner. is where Jay gets to glass our eyes over. Yeah. We're like, okay, <laughs> right, right. No, Robert Yates was a big was a, a big poet, car right? owner, no. huh? <laughs> poet. <laughs> Robert, yeah. Anyway, um, my so car I was, goes fast. I hope it'll last. <laughs> I just keep getting passed. Dang, wow. is that Rick Mast? <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely impressive. I'm, uh, oh no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't funny. impressive. Okay. Well, anyway, so got right to do now and then artwork. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. Are we ready? Um, <laughs> I got immersed in a NASCAR. So then, you know, fast forward, um, came back to Mississippi, and really the only Mississippi driver that I'm aware of was a guy named Lake Speed, and he drove this spam car, which I thought was quite funny yeah but, spam, uh, spam 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 and spam okay anyway um so this weekend as we record so this i i'm robbie i know you 
you like to say that I bring things from the past. So I'm, this is something that will happen in the future. Wow. Uh, except but for, by the time you listen to it, it'll, it'll be, be in the past. Wow. But the pictures will be out there. But the 2311 team, which interestingly is owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, 23 from Michael Jordan's number. Yeah. Uh, Denny Hamlin is a current driver, I believe, number 11. So anyway, they own this team. Bubba Wallace is one of the drivers. And a guy named, which I don't know, Tyler Reddick is the other one. So they have two teams, two cars, and they, one of their sponsors is Columbia and, you know, sportswear. And apparently Columbia, even though I haven't seen it personally, they have a good bit of um, like a Star Wars connection in their line every year. So okay. there's something Star Wars is in their clothing line. So they have brought Star Wars to NASCAR. So both of these race cars paint job at the Phoenix Raceway this weekend are going to be Star Wars focused. Wow. So what what you should do, go and Google this, Mark Hamill, Bubba Wallace, uh, 23-11's team. There's a video where Bubba Wallace pulls up to this house and knocks on the door, and Mark Hamill opens the door, and apparently he's a kind of a NASCAR fan himself, or at least in, in racing. So uh, he's involved in this commercial. And so, this, so the um, let's see, the Bubba Wallace car is painted like an X-Wing, and then the Tyler Reddick car is painted like a TIE Fighter. So it's kind of a little yeah. Luke Vader, uh, you know, Empire Rebellion kind of a thing going on. My understanding is that neither one of them are really in the running for the championship. So it could be there was discussion of whether they might just kind of play at chasing each other and kind of doing that thing uh, safely, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, so they got these two paint jobs. I'm not sure... The TIE TIE Fighter has been revealed yet, but you can go Mm. see now as we record the the X-Wing. So they really like did a lot of detail work. If you look at the top of it, you can kind of see the edge of R2-D2's head or whatever you call it um, on the top. And his uh, race suit is that orange color. Oh, okay. And and the helmet too. Of course it is. Yeah, and the helmet too looks like a a TIE Fighter helmet. So it's very cool, I think. So I, I don't know if I'll watch the race entirely but i probably will try to catch a little so bit is the of tie it. fighter going to be darth vader is it going to be like uh like one of the other i'm not sure yeah. i'm not sure it it looks the the glimpses that is they've shown constantly look, has to adjust <clears throat> his steering wheel you know, never need, every time you see this tie fighter they're constantly turning some little knob like that would be to, f1 oh is that what it is i no, i'm just saying f1, f1 they f1 are racing. constantly all their controls are on their uh on, on the tie on, fighter or on the um, um, steering wheel. Oh, but they're constantly the doing this. <laughs> like they've got like a volume knob. I can't yeah. get the sound right. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. So anyway, if That's you're in NASCAR, cool. I'll bet. I mean, yeah, just a really neat tie-in. And uh, Mark Hamill. Tie-in. Oh. He was winging it. Oh. oh. I got nothing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say something about pod racing, but, you know, is Jar Jar going to be around? <laughs> Me said, hope not. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. So if you're into racing and into Star Wars, this is your weekend. Yeah. That's, no. This was no, no. weekend. So no. Ryan McGee will be there. Oh, probably. Yeah. If you're into NASCAR, because you could be into racing and not That's NASCAR. right. You're into a different ah, kind of race. If you're into NASCAR. That's right. That's I'm into true. the superior form of racing. Foot. F1 U. <laughs> F1 U. F1. Okay. So, cool, cool. Formula so, One. Formula One. So, a okay. couple things I've got for you guys, and I won't go in depth. I got to actually 
run slash walk the F1 Las Vegas track, which will probably be airing the F1 race in Vegas. Are you walking? You'll will we'll be airing. No. Did you carry your little gimbal <laughs> thing with you? <laughs> Wow. And so, there goes my mic. Yeah, there goes his mic. We don't have to worry about AI. We can do it ourselves. It's real intelligence taking him out. I got to uh, run and then finish walking the F1 course in Vegas. When is that race? 17th. Okay. Of November. This month. Yeah. Which it's crazy, guys. They're shutting the strip down. Wow. It's in the, I, I asked every one of my Lyft and Uber drivers, what do you think? They're like, we hate it. We oh, absolutely yeah, hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And apparently the casinos aren't real happy about yeah. it. They put up, um, you know, Jay, have you been to Vegas? I've not. My I, children have been, but I have not. Well, that should Go tell figure. you something. Yeah. Road uh, trip. Podcast road trip. Yeah. Okay. So um, they have Smart pedestrian bridges across the strip and, and so that people don't walk out and get killed. These pedestrian bridges have glass walls. You've seen them, right, mm-hmm, Art? Yeah. So... Las Vegas Police Department has put up stickers, not stickers, but film, kind of like would go on a car windshield to prevent people from seeing the oh, race. Oh, you're kidding me. No. And so folk, they knew people would just probably overload the and bridge, And so right? folks are yeah. tearing the stuff down. Oh, wow. Hmm. And uh, tourists are saying, if I can't see, well, you can't see the Bellagio fountains yeah. because there's grandstands in front. Oh my gosh. So I think the casinos may be reconsidering if this is good for them or not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, But while we were at Vegas, we weren't there just for me to run and walk an F1 track. Even though it was really cool to do that, went to go see U2 in the Sphere. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And I know I've texted both of you guys. Yeah, those pictures are just incredible. Do not do it justice. Yeah. You know, and if you get a chance to go. That's what Bonnie was saying, Robbie's wife, was saying that, you know, there would be a point where they show a, a landscape thing taking Vegas out of it and it, you you completely forgot you were inside and it, is that what you, it, yeah 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 they showed a skyline of Vegas okay and then they deconstructed it like going back yeah, in time yeah that's what she was saying and you just it was unbelievable yeah. unbelievable but you really kind of I mean, because you, you're, you're completely surrounded, obviously. Yeah, you're going, I mean, it's going, it's like IMAX on super steroids. It's so much bigger than I realized it yeah. was, too. Holds 18,600 people, costs $2 billion plus to build. It's owned by, uh-huh. by uh, Steve Dolan, who owns Madison Square Garden. So the official title is the MSG Sphere. Okay. And uh, the sound what if you're was allergic. <laughs> Monosodium. Yeah, that's right. Uh, then don't go. Uh-huh. Hey, if you're allergic to anything, don't go to Vegas. <laughs> um, just unbelievable. If you get a chance to catch anything in the sphere, do it. Uh, they've got Darren Afrotsky, I can never pronounce his name. Yeah. Director. Uh-huh. Uh, did Tree of Life and a few other things. He, um, um, he's got a movie shot for the sphere called Postcards from Earth. Oh my gosh! And so the the sphere itself is a 16k screen. Uh huh. That's the resolution. You know, we're still playing with 4k at home, which yeah. you can't. You have to be, you know, 20 odd feet back for 4k to make a difference than HD to the eye. Uh-huh. Think of what 16k is, which you know it's four times four times four. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get to 16, it's not four times four to get 4k to 16 it's 16 times four 64 times the resolution of a 4k screen uh-huh. unbelievable and the sounds incredible the speaker arrays are set up so that supposedly the sound does not change from seat to seat 
and it's the mm. best sounding concert I've ever wow. been to. So, and there's still somebody on their phone in there. No, yeah, <laughs> well, I was on my phone shooting a lot of video. Yeah, at least you weren't taking calls. No, otherwise we tried to call you. Did you? Yeah. So I put it on Do Not Disturb. So. Hey, tell them to do uh, Streets Have No Name. They've Which they did yeah. at the end. They had a six-song encore. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, pretty awesome. So they did the entirety of Octune Baby. Uh-huh. So they did the first six tunes off Octune Baby. They did kind of an acoustic set in the middle. They said, we're going to put the baby to bed for a little bit. Uh-huh. And so they did, um, they did four or five tunes. And then they came back and said, we're going to wake the baby up and finished out Octune Baby, then went into the uh, um, encore. Okay. So, um, highly recommended. Now, there's stuff going, obviously, there's stuff you're seeing inside of it, and then there's stuff completely different that the sphere is so playing outside. They've turned the outside of the sphere into a giant uh, inter- display, almost interactive, but yeah. they put eye, goo-goo eyes looking around. Yeah. You know, they'll advertise games, like video games. Yeah. I mean unbelievable it can be unsettling sometimes i can imagine it really can, driving through you'd kind of go wow that's really kind of freaking me out so, so what else do they do there besides like concerts and just looking at your pictures it looked like seats a stage could can they move things to i know the seats are fixed so it's not like you could have a game there like a basketball oh i would think yeah. not okay no i mean i would you would not want a basketball or a football to hit the oh gosh the oh yeah. gosh no, true. yeah true. <clears throat> now it's designed for performance venues okay and mm. the thing that brings it pretty interesting to me is um you know i there are not many bands who are going to be able to play that venue because of the content behind the content on the screen was constantly changing. Yeah. And so the band was only seen maybe for 40% of the time on oh, screen. Okay. Um, and you know, there was one point where the edge was like 200 feet tall. I wow. saw that picture. This thing's like 380 feet, yeah. you know, all the way up around to you. So I, you're not going to have a BG's tribute band playing the sphere. So mm-hmm. I would think uh, Taylor Swift probably could pull it off. Um, maybe the stones. Yeah. I, I don't think that's probably a good, you good know, yes. Yeah. But you two is such a great big venue mm-hmm. band band anyway. Um, was it sold out? Was it? Yeah. Pretty- so we got our tickets at base value because I'm part of the U2 fan club. That is the best way to get U2 tour, tour tickets, by the way. I think it's 50 bucks a year, 70 bucks a year to be a member. You get a really cool gift, like some limited edition vinyl or something like that each year. And whoa, that no, that was my headphones. Anyway, so <laughs> it's my back. It's my back. I'm gone. Um, so I um, um, got in the lottery for the. Uh, tickets for that show that I put in for three shows, got into the lottery for that ticket. I had an opportunity to buy tickets at face value, wow. which was two fifty a piece. Uh-huh. Um, somebody who sat next to us as we were walking out, don't know him, just overheard him, overheard them say that was the best 800 bucks I ever spent. Wow. Mm-hmm. So kind of pricey, but mm-hmm. uh, well worth it. I would highly recommend if you've got a chance to take anything into the sphere. Yeah. So. Okay. Which, that wasn't my Geek of the Week either, but I'll give you this one real quick, <laughs> then we'll jump the break. Um, so, Doctor Who's celebrating its 60th, say that fast, 20 times or something, or don't, I don't Art, really care. Are, yeah. <laughs> um, anniversary, effective this month. There are three specials with David Tennant, who is coming in as the 14th Doctor. But one of the things that, and Art, I think you and I have talked about it, the BBC has taken in the entire Who Back catalog and mm-hmm. made it available on their iPlayer, which is their 
uh, landlocked to the United Kingdom player for, for digital content. Well, to celebrate that, they're doing a variety of things, and they put these little vignettes called Tales of the TARDIS together. And so they're not canon at all, but they've got present-day actors who played the Doctor and Companions reprising their roles in an aged setting. I mean, so they're, they, they, they're not made up to look like they were 30 years ago okay. when they played on the role. And they're just kind of having a conversation in character about their adventures and what's happened since they last departed each other. And you can catch it on YouTube in a few different places. It's not necessarily... Um, released yet i'm hoping that you know officially for anywhere outside the uk i'm hoping it'll end up on disney plus yeah but it's a really cool creative visitation to that classic era of doctor who which kind of gets overlooked at times so it's called tales of the tardis t-a-r-d-i-s if you're writing it down i wrote it now did you write it now i'd actually seen that prior to this meeting did you wow. i did i saw it i screenshotted it shot screen screen shot it shot i'm gonna leave it better, better be careful <laughs> uh-huh. i might turn it off if i were you mrs reed so mm-hmm. all right 20 odd minutes 25 minutes of geeks of the week you can tell we haven't been together in a while we're going to talk yeah, thanks for listening to us <laughs> yeah. catch up <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah no chips and salsa were involved uh, in this at all uh, we're going to talk a movie that Art and I have seen, Jay's seen for the first time. We've rewatched it, or at least two of us have, called The Last Starfighter, up next. I stand corrected. Jay has seen The Last Starfighter, or the next to The Last Mohican, or something like that. So, um, right? You saw it when it came out, correct, Jay? Sometime, uh, probably not when it came out, but sometime long before today. Was that one of those pirated uh, movies that you picked up when you were overseas? Um, it's entirely possible, yeah. but probably before I probably on a, rented it on a VHS at some from, point from, from Blockbuster or Blockbuster. Movie Gallery. Yeah, that's more likely Movie Gallery. So, all right, we're going to talk Last Starfighter, which it was Last Starfighter was not a Disney release, was no. it? No, it was Lorimar. Lorimar. Oh my! Wow, look at me knowing stuff. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, it's, like it's you only just taken, watched the movie or something. I just watched like half the documentary about the making of it this morning. Uh-oh. Oh, did wow, you? you're way ahead of us. So. First question is, I thoroughly enjoyed it when it first came out. Did you guys enjoy, and I enjoyed it the second time, how much did you enjoy a second viewing or a modern viewing of The Last Starfighter? I really enjoyed it. There were a lot of things I remembered. There were a lot of things I forgot. Uh, there were some things that I probably misremembered that I thought were in there that weren't in there. But um, but I thought it was, I mean, I just thought this was just a nice and, you know, kind of warm, feel-good, you know, show. It obviously was capitalizing on the success of, of Star Wars, although it came out in 84. Right. Uh, uh, but um, but it was just it was just kind of a simple, you know. Uh, it was a simple tale from a simpler time. About a simple man. Yeah, that's right. But I enjoyed it, yeah. Um, the uh, CGI, the you know, it was an early uh, attempt at uh, computer graphics. Uh, a very, very early. early. Yeah, the documentary talked a lot about but, that. You know, knowing that going in or going into it again, I was like, I wasn't like, oh, this is so terrible, so terrible. I mean, it was, you know, it was okay. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'd, I'd love like to see them redone. But well, and I want to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. We, but watching it this time, I thought the the idea of it uh-huh. was incredible. Yeah, I really liked the whole the the plot and yeah. you know how it came about. Um, the actors I thought were great and we yeah. can talk about Robert Preston and, and all that entails. Um, but you I, mean Centauri. 
I mean, the actor. The actor's name uh, is Robert Preston. <laughs> Centauri. He'll always be Centauri. Well, see, that's that's that was part of what I struggled with. I I love him. Yeah. And like a music man. But I kept waiting for him to break into song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I, I didn't know him from that role when I first, and I think I saw Last Starfire in the theater originally. Oh, well, when I first saw it, I wouldn't have known him. But yeah. now, yeah. And I've made, I've never seen the music man, so, uh-huh. yeah. I was also have. in Victor Victoria, which mm-hmm. is, you know, around yeah. the same time. Was that uh, with Julie Andrews? Julie Andrews and James Garner. James Garner, Rockford. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Blake Edwards movie. Wow. Uh, but so. I would love, I would, I think it's just begging for a redo. Yeah. So a remake instead of a like a reboot the series and maybe take it from another. I think you need to remake it. I think remake maybe it. too. I think so too. So what was so enjoyable about it? My, I love the Arthurian legend. Yeah, throughout. because you've got uh-huh. the you know the the video game at this point becomes the Excalibur. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you've got the wizened old uh, guide of, uh-huh. of Centauri, Robert mm-hmm. Preston, yeah. taking him off, even though he turns out to be basically, I just want my money. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pay yeah. me, pay me, pay uh-huh. me. Uh, Grig was kind of the, uh, the sort of coach guy. He was more of the Obi-Wan than, uh, Robert Preston's character. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, I mean, that's a, he's an actor. I did, did not rec- would not recognize him in his makeup at all. I looked him up, went in this, and I said, oh, I've seen this guy before. What's his name? It's like Ben Hurley or something like yeah. that. I can't remember. If we only had a device. But, uh, but Dan or Her- Hurley. Yeah. yeah. And he's a what British actor in a bunch of, you know, war movies and that kind of thing. But uh, And and Lance Guest, and who plays Alex Rogan, and Catherine Mary Stewart, who I can't remember what uh, what was the, the girl's name. Maggie. Maggie. Um, she was in a variety of things. You, you'd see them afterwards. Birdies, yeah. yeah, you'd see them afterwards, but uh, neither one of them became huge stars afterwards. But well, uh, th- did, this is a they- shout out to my mother because um, Mrs. Reed, apparently um, Catherine Mary Stewart had a role on Days of Our Lives Mc- at one point. Yeah, okay. About yeah. around the same time that she filmed yeah. this movie. So yeah. Kayla Brady, um, mom mm-hmm. will probably remember her from the 1980s yeah. Days of Our Lives. Yeah. <laughs> but again, soap opera is where you want to be at the beginning of the career. Right. And right. uh, and then move on from that, but sometimes they can be good at the end of the. Well, she yeah. was in oh, Weekend yeah. at Bernie's, I believe. It yeah, she was. She? Yeah, she was. But neither one of them really. They're huge. Yet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love Weekend at Bernie's. Um, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it came out uh, July thirteenth, nineteen eighty four. I'm sure I probably went and saw it for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, I liked the, and I'll just mention this. I had done uh, like a cartooning. Uh, class like a special class for me i had some teachers get together since i was doing cartoons at Ole miss at, at the time and i had to do like several different other ideas you know things that i might could take and develop and one thing i did was going to be it was called uh, mobile homer it's based on a short story i'd done called not so mobile homer mm-hmm. and uh it was the that whole was thing before was, the simpsons right? yeah that's right uh but that was it was going to be um a um the whole thing took place in a trailer park. So you had all these different families and living in trailer parks. And I see the movie and I go, oh my gosh, this they is, stole this, it. This is the idea. This is the idea. Well, they talked about that in the documentary. But it was, I thought that was so great because mm-hmm. it's such a microcosm. Yeah. And they were saying that originally they, they were going to put it like just in a suburb, but it had a little bit too much E.T. Yeah. So they went completely different. There, there certainly what there were certainly tapping into that vibe as well yeah. because there's a lot of that but yeah but it made for a better sort of a story like somebody coming out of yeah. that uh-huh. sort of because you know, he, he talked about that i want to get out i want to just go to city college i want to go yeah you know right and, 
do something with my life. And so a little little Luke Skywalker yeah, there. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I'm going to go off to the academy, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Have to work on the motivators. And yeah. Kind of- That's right. I don't want to go to Kashi <laughs> Station and get <laughs> some right. motivators. No. Right. Now, I had forgotten about the... Uh, the robot doppelganger that was left in his place, you know, yeah, the beta unit, yeah, the beta beta unit, unit. yeah, yeah, yeah. where he takes his his head off to work on his Uh ear, yeah, yeah. So. And the, his younger brother was a little bit more obnoxious than I remember him being, but that was very typical of the, that oh, time. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was always that character. Yeah. And uh, y'all, y'all would know more about this, but I'll introduce it and y'all can play on it. The, uh, the whole digital thing, they were saying in the documentary that kind of behind the scenes show that this is really the first time yeah. they used that kind of digital technology as opposed to models. Yes. Now, if we, you know, all of us, even me looking at it now, I can see, well, that was really simple uh-huh. you know compared to what we see now but one guy was talking he was talking about how they had six months uh they wanted all this done they had six months before it's supposed to be in the theaters and he did some calculations based on number of frames and how much it took to do each thing yeah and he went back to the to producer and said this will take 17 months to do based on what we know and yeah. he said no go back and and do it and they did and they so they just had to simplify things well they did some simplification but just Along the way, they would learn something oh, okay. that would, you know, speed the next process up, and then they would do that, and uh-huh. then they would learn something else, and just it was kind of a learn by doing, which resulted pretty well. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, I believe it was ILM who did it, right? It was digital production? No, D Productions on a Cray XMP. Oh man, a Cray supercomputer. That, wow. In the picture of the Cray is like this. It's it almost looks like a Simon, a tall Simon game. It's red and green and. <laughs> The guy said there was a bench almost around it, and he said we we slept on that bench because we couldn't, you know, we'd have to sleep for an hour and go back to work to get yeah. it all done. Oh, it was crazy. Everything was in crazy. Fortran. Oh wow. Oh gosh, Everything. I took a Fortran class. Did you? I did. Yeah, because it was the only language with vectorization when we started. It remained the only language with good vectorization through the life of DP Digital Productions. That's the wow. one of the lead software programmers. Yeah. That's from a wiki article. So, um. Yeah, real primitive 3D graphics, which they cleaned up for the Blu-ray release. Oh, did they? Somewhat. Okay. Not to the extent of Star Trek, the original series. Where, where they redid everything. Yeah. Yeah. But they did clean it up well, somewhat. Well, it, it, it seemed to look better this time than yeah. maybe when I'd seen it, you know, maybe on VHS before, yeah. obviously. But. And uh, the, the, the Frontier, the graphics for the Frontier. Oh, my uh-huh. goodness. And what about the Ryland Empire where everybody, male or female, has male pattern baldness? <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, you know, if they reboot it, I mean, there's opportunities to kind of improve oh, some yeah. of those things. Well, yeah. I, mean, I was curious, who would you want to see as Centauri in a remake? I thought about David Tennant. Oh, Yeah. Just because, you know, the Centauri character is, is kind of mischievous. He talks fast. He's funny. Yeah. And, and I, those are the kind of things I associate with David Tennant. And he's also kind of got the sci-fi thing going on with his Doctor Who connections and all that. So I, I think he would be a good candidate for it. And and like you said, with all the or with the with the near balding population, you could do something still differentiating them without yeah. being so kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It was just, kind of, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, couldn't they have thought but, of a little better than this? It's a PG movie. 
Yes. If they remade the movie, oh, do you man. think they would remake it as a PG? Could they keep it PG? No, well, it'd uh, be a PG-13 at least. It wouldn't be R because uh, R, yeah. R movies don't make nearly as much money as PG-13s because mm-hmm. uh, folks will sneak their kids into PG-13s without thinking about it, but they right. won't take them to an R. Uh-huh. But you know, you, And I think for the story, it needs to be a PG-13, and Disney yeah. might be the, the company that would Well, there probably was a PG-13 when it happened, right? oh yeah. no, that's that, that was that was after that was Temple after of Temple of Doom, yeah, yeah. Okay. it was PG. So, but it's it's a very you know for the most part a very innocent movie. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, and you know talking about the computer graphics, this is a is it a year before Young Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> when did Young Sherlock Holmes drop? Mm. Was that eighty six? I think that may be right because because that was ILM, uh-huh. and the thing about Young Sherlock Holmes is you had an animated character interacting with a real life character, a computer animated character interacting with a real life character, where you had the um, the stained glass character drop out. Year so, later, nineteen eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah. So so yeah. they're working on it while this movie's coming out. I'm sure. Yeah, and that was ILM. Young yeah, Sherlock had, Holmes mm-hmm. was. That was a good movie too. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. So. Um, what about okay? So who's going to play Alex? Is that going to be? Yeah, somebody undiscovered. Yeah, it'd yeah. have to be. So, also, Will Wheaton is in this movie. Where he plays one of Lewis's, the younger brother's friends. I never saw him. I looked huh. for him and never saw him. Wow. So I think I would recognize him because he would kind of look like he didn't stand by me. I guess. But yeah, yeah, he would. I, I did, did not I, see him. I didn't see him yeah. at all. So to go back and check that out. I don't mm-hmm. know. And I want to go back and I didn't get all the way through the documentary. I thought it was just going to be one of these little 20-minute behind-the-scenes How things. long was it? Well, I watched it for a good 30, 45 minutes, and it was still going strong. So, wow, longer so. than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an hour, 45-minute movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, pretty- it's, it's like I said, there are so many things that are different just in the movie-making practices from those times that, you know, kind of, wow, I've forgotten it was like this. Yeah, but there's a lot of it. I mean, you still want the 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 trailer park and the there's a lot of it I would want to keep yeah but maybe you know, just the characters and sort of the look of things I mean even the the Delorean ish uh, there are oh that uh, Satari drug yeah. Yeah. yeah there were a lot of elements of Star Wars Back to the Future mm-hmm. uh, just the sci fi and jour. again a lot of that Steven Spielberg kind of feel to it yeah you know Starlight Star Bright being the uh-huh. I don't think there was ever a shooting star but there may have been I mean there may have been but you know Spielberg's got that in well it. when Centauri was coming down and yeah oh yeah they thought saw it was, yeah so that was kind of so it, it felt and then very when much the, like when the assassin came in remember when yeah. when the beta units looking out and sees the star uh-huh. come over then it drops. Yeah. So, yeah. They said this was Preston's last feature film. Too. Oh, wow. So, so he had already done Victor Victoria. It's like 75 years old or something. Wow. So just like Alex Guinness, cash grab at the end to uh, have a comfortable retirement. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, apparently he had a lot of fun making it. They had a lot of fun working with him. Yeah. Yeah, he really, I mean, he did a great job in the, show, in the, in the movie. I thought he was really good. Very wow. large sets at times. I yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, there well, was... Because you look at it and you think... You know, through today's eyes, oh, they could have done this, and this is probably green screen. And of course, I'm sure they use some traditional matte painting, uh, you know, yeah. techniques and stuff that we kind of forget about these days. But for the most part, like when he goes and you know into the what is it? I can't remember what he was it on a satellite or what was it? Where was he on where he met the other? people that had been brought in by the... Uh, oh, Star Command. Star Command. Star. Which is yeah. like a Jason, Jason of Star Command. Jason of yeah. Star Command, yeah. yeah. So, that's a sad Well, they did say, I think I guess I think it was the art director talking about the sets and how 
what they wanted to do, but then because they really didn't know how the digital renderings were going to come out, uh-huh. they had to be careful because they have the sort of a, you see at the very end, spoiler alert, um, the, you know, when Alex comes down off the spaceship to get Maggie and see his family and the, you see a leg, it's an actual leg, but that's really the only, one of the few pieces of actual starship that were made. Yeah. The rest of it was digital. So they had to play with all that, but, um, you know, and they had to make it match up. Yeah. So they had, they had to make that match and they had to, the sets, um, for when the guy was speaking, the, the ambassador or whatever they call right. it, you know, you look to the side and you see all the spaceships kind of docking in that little yeah. bay. And you said, we had to make that all match up and we didn't know what it was going to look like. So they had mm-hmm. to do a little bit of a simplification of some of the set yeah. just to, just in case. <laughs> but to me, and I was started to ask, do you think it's a, it should be a digital series or a, a, a you know, streaming series? But um, I think it needs to be a movie. I think yeah. it needs to movie, a, a movie that is a, you know, position at PG, PG 13, family friendly, mm-hmm. uh, needs to be a fun enough adventure to capture, you know, the older folks that would want to go and it needs to be under two hours. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, people are wondering why nobody wants to go to the theaters anymore. Well, first of all, there's, there's not a lot of family fare out there. There's not a lot of movies that are under two hours. And so to go, it's a commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And and also you've got a generation that's being trained not to go to the theaters. Right. There are other options. So if you could create a family movie that somebody wants to go and take their, you know, five to ten year old to go see and enjoy the experience together, yeah. then you start to get people in the theaters like uh, Killers of the Osage Flower Moon. Flower Moon, yeah, thank you. The Osage thing. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a brilliant movie, but it's three and a half hours long or better. No intermission. Talk, well, some theaters were putting intermission in, yeah, and I the studio that. has commanded them. It. Yeah, you cannot do uh-huh. that. I mean, I think our local um, theaters only showing it twice. They're doing like an eleven o'clock showing and like yeah. a six o'clock mm-hmm. showing, and it's flopping at the box office. And like I said, it's probably a brilliant, great movie, but people just don't want to go and 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 I know we have all gone to see. You know, movies that are, are you know, really long. Right. <laughs> Two and a half hours would be. But is that's about as long as you can do. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, I think you could do this one pretty much with the minor tweaking of the same screenplay. I think so, too. I, I think you'd yeah. want to keep that part the same. Uh-huh. Just I don't think there's the anything in there that, the you know, was that yeah. really would not translate well to modern times. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's, I mean, it's a classic, like you said, the Arthurian le- legend. He's pointing a, at me when he said, like yeah. you said, by the way. <laughs> well, and you could, I guess you could update it but then I'll pull to back to and I say Arthurian legend <laughs> right. which is who I am Arthurian legend <laughs> but would you do you think we would want to see it like with a video game at home like he's playing at home on a video game or oh absolutely but yeah you, you, would you be almost have to update that but right? you would get I mean it would be oh did you did you you know I got this leaked uh, PlayStation game that is very rare everybody's been looking oh, yeah. for it you uh-huh. know you do something like that so yeah that's or it just that's, appears and nobody knows about it yeah that yeah. that's a, yeah that would be a that would be a good modern up, up, uh I mean that would make sense to it, yeah. but everything mm-hmm. else pretty much you could keep the same. yeah um, it's not available for free anywhere to stream. You can no. get, you can yeah. get it all your, your typical platforms. Um, but I, I th- it was on sale at Amazon when I bought it. I got it for like $5. Yeah. See, I got Amazon. it for five bucks from iTunes a, a while back and I just hadn't mm-hmm. watched it. I mean, I've had it for a long time. And I, I have the physical 
Blu-ray. Oh, do you? Because they're going to take that digital stuff from you. No, I have day. the. I, I bought the Blu-ray. Oh, you bought the Blu-ray. Yeah, because I'm saying that was like five ninety-nine from Amazon. Yeah, I have Blu-ray the with all copy. the. You've got the digital with copy. the documentary and everything. Yeah, I need to go back and watch the documentary. I've ripped it to my. You plot, can also so. watch it with commentary, but I I started to do that just because we were going to talk about it, but. They were talking over everything. Like, it was just a constant conversation. They probably hadn't seen each other for years. I'm like, like, I'll watch this part later. I'm going to watch the actual movie. We actually got the movie playing in the background here. We just... (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like, what's that when they... Mystery Science 3. Yeah, it was was Mystery Science 3. Without the heads. It's kind of like our podcast. Yeah, without the heads. Who's the real person? Who are the two robots? Yes. Did you have to ask, Jay? (laughs) Do you have to ask? (laughs) So, all right. So, we highly recommend Last Starfire, correct? We need to be thinking about what the next one we're going to do. All dozens of our people who are watching. What should we do next? I think we should. I think this is modern, but have y'all seen Blue Beetle? We haven't talked about Blue Beetle at all. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about Blue Beetle. And it's going to be for an old one, too. (laughs) But I want want an old movie that we might not have seen. We do probably need to watch Blue Beetle. Spider-Man Across the Universe, uh, Spider-Verse, is out on Netflix. I'm about done with it. It's unbelievable. Have you not seen it before, either? No. See, I hadn't either. Did you see that? Which one? Spider-Verse 2? Yeah. No. Okay, well, maybe that's what we ought to watch. So we should watch that and do that next because week. Because it's, it's free. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it's on it's Netflix. It's free on a service we already pay for. Anyway. Rock and roll. Yeah. Well, nothing's free. Yeah. So, including, well, except maybe for this podcast. So, mm-hmm. thanks for listening, all you folks who were not paying. We'll see you next time. <laughs>